happy birthday. Happy birthday. Who cares? Um, happy birthday, Valerie. Hiya. Welcome to Happy Birthday. Who cares? The podcast about things about growing, growing and showing. What? <laughs> growing plants and showing them off. Oh, all right. It's gardening season. It here. sure is. Uh, what are you planting this year for the garden for the first time? For our very first garden, I am planting dahlias and poppies and strawberries and peppers and morning glories and hostas and a couple other things. Some fancy grasses. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been a gardener before? Uh, I used to attempt to garden on my back, um, basically fire escape. Uh-huh. Uh, when I lived in the city, and um, it was okay. It was okay. I think uh, I've never had any success growing anything but weeds and rocks. Have you ever tried? Uh, I mean, like, I think every kid has to try the germination of a bean at some point, but I, I've never really tried. I was thinking about Max, and I don't know that he's ever tried that. Really? I feel like maybe we should be showing him in case the apocalypse happens and... <laughs> He needs to, you know, grow corn or something. Our apocalypse solution is to grow some strawberries <laughs> and grow some uh, green peppers in Oregon, which is probably the worst, worst place to grow such a thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't, uh, I don't dislike the idea. I just, it takes so long for it to happen that it's frustrating. It takes a long time and it is incredibly laborious. I was hoping for more core strength in my life, in my body. <laughs> yeah. And I am getting it now. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing a little bit of the digging for you, and it's really exhausting. A lot of bit of the di- digging. And <laughs> we made a nice retaining wall. Yeah. Should we should put pictures of our gardening work on the Instagram <laughs> for <laughs> happy birthday, who cares? I'll, I'll put something up when we maybe. have a nice result. Maybe we, maybe we will. Uh, what else happened this week? Anything else interesting? Uh, we saw the old Endgame. Oh, yeah. We saw Avengers Endgame. On uh, the Friday of opening weekend. We will not spoil it for you. No spoilers. Uh, did you like it? I liked it very much. You did? I, th- I thought they pulled it off. Yeah, it was very satisfying. Uh, I did have to pee once, which is sort of disappointing in myself. I thought I would be able to make it through. Uh, I guess the times when you're supposed to go pee are either during the San Francisco title card, yep, the New Jersey title card, mm-hmm. or when Hulk is having lunch. Yeah. Those are the three. I went when the Hulk was having lunch. Yeah. Um, the San Francisco thing was just a recap for if you've, <laughs> if you haven't seen any of the movies, I think. Yeah. It felt really like they tied it up with a nice bow. They did. And it didn't seem, and nothing seemed super gratuitous. Nothing seemed super cheesy. No. The only things that I didn't like were the sort of like nonstop action sequences. Yeah. Well, they with, had to do that. I know they kind of had to, but it was just, they, they're still doing those fucking CG characters flying through the air that just don't <laughs> look like physics, right? Uncanny Valley. There were a couple of shots in that that were so good. Well, let's not talk about them because okay. it's too soon. But there were a couple shots in there that you were like, as a comic book nerd, I was like, Yay. I can't wait for this to happen. And here it is. Yeah. Um, people interacting with other people and doing things with other things that I've been waiting for for years. I for didn't realize. I will ask you about that off mic. Yeah. Um, in a few weeks, we can come back and recap what I enjoyed. <laughs> a few years. Also, uh, if you wanted to hear how good we are at predicting things, you can go back and listen to our Brie Larson episode and see that we were way off. 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, I, yeah, let's not talk about it anymore because I'm really cognizant. By the way, when I when we these movies come out, I'm always like, let's go right away, right? Mm-hmm. It's always because I've censored myself from social media and I'm missing it and I want to go see the movie so I can get that out of the You way. are very conscious of the yeah. spoilerage. I hate, I hate people spoiling. I don't want to be spoiled myself. I want to enjoy it. I get that. Yeah. So uh, what are we talking about today besides those two things? Uh, we are talking about the coronation yes. of Queen Mary of England. When did that happen? Oh. <laughs> it happened on October 1st. In 1553. Do you remember your birthday in 1553? I do not. Uh, That would have been hmm, how many ancestors ago? That probably would be like, I don't know, eight generations ago. Generational? I don't know. No, more than that. Way more than that. I mean, people were not living that long then, right? Uh, So I'm going to tell the story today. Please Um, do. And uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I... Everyone, I think, kind of has an idea of this story because King Henry VIII is so pervasive in popular culture and TV shows and movies and stuff that you kind of know it. But reading it, it's very depressing (laughs) to me. Yeah. Like thinking about it in terms of real people, it's very sad. All right. So from the beginning, Mary the eventual queen, was born on the 18th of February in 1516 and was the only child of King Henry VIII, famously, and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had had many miscarriages. It was the only baby to survive. Eventually, Henry VIII, because he didn't have a male heir, uh, married Anne Boleyn, and because uh, she was pregnant with his baby and declared the marriage with Catherine Void, which is, a, I guess, a thing that you can just do when you decide to. Oh, well, when you're the monarch. The Pope. Yeah. yeah. Henry actually, this is a big deal because Henry repudiated the authority of the Pope at that point and basically declared himself to be head of the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the start of the conflict between uh, the Catholicism a form of religion which is led by the Pope in Eng- and uh, almost said in England, the Pope in Rome versus Protestants who were led by the king. Catherine, who is Mary's mother and his first wife, was demoted to the Dowager Princess of Wales, and Mary was deemed illegitimate. Wow, I didn't Okay. I thought he went straight to beheading, not demoting. No, she's she remained alive. Okay. So Dowager princess is sort of a funny. Yeah. <laughs> is dowager just mean unmarried? Dowager, I mean, I think of it as like a widow or a spinster. Yeah. So it generally means an older woman, I think. Yeah. And it, whereas princess generally means you haven't uh, You're matru- not married. You have not matured to yeah. the the throne level. Yeah. Uh, Mary's place in the line of succession was uh, transferred to her newborn half sister who is Elizabeth, the daughter of uh, Anne Boleyn. I'm so confused already. Okay, go on. All right, so we're at two marriages. Yeah. One of which he had to declare null and void by making himself the pocket pocket pope of England, uh, (laughs) starting a new sect of religion. And uh, Anne's daughter, Elizabeth, her half-sister, Mary's half-sister, is the new to-be queen. Okay. Okay. Uh, so 
shockingly enough, Queen Anne fell out of the king's favor because she couldn't have any boy babies. Oh, boy. And was beheaded. So he basically decided from the first wife to the second wife, he's not going to go about the trouble of divorcing them. He's just going to off them. Sure. Yeah. It's an awful lot of trouble to keep divorcing people when there is no divorce. (laughs) When there is no such thing as divorce. They have to do things like annulments or voiding of the marriage Mm -hmm. because of some phony baloney made up excuses. Mm -hmm. I think his, his first excuse for the first wife was like, she was originally married to someone else. So therefore, Oh yeah. She's impure and no good. Our marriage should never have existed. So she fell from the King's favor was beheaded. And Elizabeth, the second daughter like Mary was uh, declared illegitimate. Right. And stripped of secession rights. So she's basically in the same sort of thing. They're, they weren't killed. Yeah, they're just out out of the uh, inner circle. Yeah. So within two weeks of uh, Anne Boleyn's execution, Henry married his third wife, who was Jane Seymour. He's really getting busy. Yeah. She gave birth to a son, who was Edward. Great job. But died giving birth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. She got, she made the line of secession with a male heir happen that basically he's trying to make happen in the first two marriages. Right. And it killed her. And it killed her. Right. And that was a, I'll say it again. That was Jane Seymour. So Jane Seymour was solitaire. Uh, so you're saying that there was an actress <laughs> that was also named Jane Seymour. <laughs> yes, that's right. This isn't the actual Jane Seymour from Henry VIII's marriage. I see. Okay. Yes. Uh, solitaire and live and let die, which I watched for the first time, uh, just yesterday. I, uh, had the, mm, I got to overhear it yesterday and it is a bad, bad movie. (laughs) Right. You know, I have this kind of, I have this platonic idea of Roger Moore being this fantastic James Bond, but these movies kind of suck. Yeah. They're, they're really not good. I think it's just because we were kids and easily entertained. Yeah. Live and Let Die, uh, problematic to say the least. Oof. Lots of great actors in weird performances. It's problematic racially. It's problematic sexually. It's yeah. problematic. You know, it just hearing that yesterday, I watched a lot of James Bond movies when I was a kid. Yeah. I really liked them. And it's very apparent to me now why I had issues being the gender that I was born. Yeah. That there, CIA agent who was basically helpless. Everybody was either incompetent Ugh. or manipulatable. Jeez. Or, yeah. Solitaire had magical powers because she was a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a pawn. Oh, God. He I, manipulated her so bad in this I, film. I saw all this stuff and I was just like, wow, I really don't want to be a woman. Can I be a dude instead? <laughs> The dudes are way cooler and in charge of everything at this point. It's real bad. Real bad. Um, I did like the song Live and Let Die, and they did a good job bringing it back in through the whole movie. I always thought that was a really interesting song because it doesn't really sound like Paul McCartney and it doesn't really sound like James Bond. It's this weird, bombastic pop thing.
there are a lot of songs that feel that I feel like Thunderball is the same sort of, it's like louder than louder than the artist performance. It's a big orchestral thing. Wasn't that Tom Jones? Yeah. Yeah. But still, even then it didn't feel like just a song. It felt like a bigger than life thing. So he strikes What's your maybe favorite and or least favorite Bond tunes? Uh, Goldfinger, I think, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, that... Who's the performer? Of Sh- Shirley, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, it's so good. Such a good song. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those, like, it just keeps... His heart is gold. You know, like... Yeah. It really pounds it in and uh, feels strong. From Mr. I think uh, that live and let die might be in the top list. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I. It, it's not like something I would seek out to listen to, but I think live and let die is in there too, yeah. just because it's so interesting. I, of course, was raised on the Duran Duran, so yeah, a view to a kill is, I guess, a sentimental favorite, but it's not really very good. No, we watched a view to a kill later, uh, just like maybe last year. Do you remember them using the song in the movie? Only in that weird line. Where he says the line, to, uh, Christopher Walken says the line to the song. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's something no one ever said ever. Oh, I also, you know, I was a, I was a pretty sappy kid, and I liked pop music, and I also really liked "Nobody Does It Better" by Carly Simon. weird but good also which one did sheena easton do sheena do you remember this no uh do you want to look it up yeah keep talking i do i do like the fact that they do the the song that's original for the movie and then it's part of the james bond theme like they bring it in in through the movie the use of that is always good the more modern Bonds songs, like the one from Chris Cornell and the Madonna song, I don't remember those at all. Me neither. Not it's, even a little bit. They're not memorable. Uh, oh, she did For Your Eyes Only. Oh, yeah. I 
remember that song now. I think um, we're going to go back and just sort of intersperse clips yeah. of these. We'll play a little bit of all of them. Yeah. Um, we don't need to introduce them. Nope. Let's just do it. What do you think your favorite Bond movie of all time was? That was historically also The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I can really dig any of them now. Is this controversial? I think the modern Bonds are my favorites now. Yeah, I mean, I think time has just passed and things that, like, I was I was really raised to tolerate a lot of casual sexism that I just can't can't do anymore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the last couple of Bond movies were pretty good. Yeah, his a realistic Bond portrayal turns out to be something I'm more. I don't like the campy over the top. No. Um, also, Daniel Craig is a is a better actor than I thought he would be. Yeah. In my mind, I, I always I think pre Daniel Craig, I thought Pierce Brosnan movies were agree my favorites. Even though those were campy as hell too, and yeah. I in fact I remember because I saw those as an adult, a young adult, and yeah. they were pretty cringy, the camp level. Yeah, I mean at least he gets a little sweaty and dirty in yeah. some spots, uh, which was kind of fun. I just don't know who the like octopusy type pawns are geared towards, like. Kids aren't into it. No. Adults, I... Adults have to roll their eyes at Yeah, I'm not, I don't really know who that's for. I don't get it. Modern Bond, more realistic, gritty portrayal. But there's still a little bit of like, the. he's still a little... He's like a classy thug. You know what I mean? Who would you like to see as the next James Bond? Oh, that's... I mean, it was Idris Elba would have been neat. It has to be an English person, and I is, think. Are we sure that that's Idris? not happening? No, I'm not totally sure about that. But um, if it does, I'll go see it. What about you? Can mm. you think of an? Does it have to be an English or Irish actor? I'd like to see it be like a totally dominant lesbian. Could be. <laughs> that would be great. There's no reason why it has to be. Not male, at all. Right? I mean, mm. in my opinion. But, yeah. you know, there's also no reason why it has to be a white dude. But That's a lot of true. people disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, change the story up and make something interesting. If you have a thought on a favorite Bond movie or your potential casting of who do you think would be a great Bond, let us know. I'd like to hear it. Reach out on social media, as it were. Moving on. So coming back from our side sidebar. Oh, wait. So I, we didn't even talk about Jane Seymour, though. Oh, we didn't. Jane Seymour was, of course, solitaire in Living That Die, who had the best outfits of that movie, I think. Yeah, the, the costuming that, in that movie is pretty great. Jane Seymour was also the famous titular, 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 I wasn't doing that on purpose. You can cut it out if you want. I will. Was also Dr. Quinn medicine woman. That's my awareness of her. And maybe she's in a more modern show. What do you know Jane Seymour from? Uh, I just knew her from when I was a kid. I remember thinking that she was the most beautiful lady I had ever seen. From Um, what? Well, let's see. Uh, I saw her in... I probably saw her in a James Bond movie way earlier than it was appropriate. I saw her in Oh Heavenly Dog, which played at the Navy Base Theater about a million times, and my parents <laughs> would just drop us off. I think I saw that movie seven times in the theater. Uh, Sorry, you no, made me snort. No. Uh, and then, of course, you know, she was on Battlestar Galactica, which yeah. I loved also right. as a child. That's right. Can I interject here? Yeah. What other movies did you say a million times as a kid? Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> okay. Which was also seven or eight times. Yes. Xanadu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can really tell the years when we lived by a cheap theater. 
<laughs> what about you? Um, I saw the movie uh, Back to School starring Rodney Dangerfield probably a dozen times in the movie theater. Whoa. Uh, in Alameda, there was a two cinema movie theater and there was just, it did not change for a long period of like a whole summer or something like that. And I kept going back and it was real cheap to go to the movie theater. Like as a kid, it was like a buck. Yeah, I remember matinees really being... Nothing, right? So I would go, and multiple times in the week, I would just go to You could just walk there. I'd walk there, I'd play some video games in their tiny arcade, Mm -hmm. and then I'd go watch Back to School starring Mm -hmm. (laughs) Roger Field. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the movie I've seen more than any other movie in my entire life. That's really funny. I don't think I've ever seen it. Not all we should watch it. Let's watch for the mm. next one. We're going to watch. <laughs> it's not a good film. <laughs> Do you know it? He uh, he plays a uh, the owner of a clothing store for fat people. Oh, great. First off. And uh, famously is a diver. A diver? Like a, like an Olympics diver. Well, what's wrong with you's books? They've already been read. Yeah, and they've already been underlined too. Get it? That's the problem. The last guy who underlined him, he could have been a maniac. Hey, get these guys some new books. Uh, get some new books, will you? I'll tell you what, charge it to me, too. Okay, here, pick a card. And I'll tell you, I'm taking four of those school sweaters, a bunch of pennants, some of those beer mugs, a few of these fuzzballs you cheer with, and... Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Yeah. Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I like to tame your shrew. Who wrote this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it serves a young Robert Downey Jr., as the best friend of the son. Wow, he must have been really young, like 14 maybe? Yeah. And no, no, no. He's in he's like in college, college age. He's in his 20s. How can that be? Is he a time traveler? He's really old now and just looks young. Um also Billy Zab- Zabka, Zabka uh-huh. is Billy the Zabka. bad guy in he's, this movie too. He's always the bad guy. <laughs> William Zabka. Yeah. Back to the tutors. Yeah. So the story so far. All right. Let's see uh, if I can follow. Let's see. Uh, Henry VIII at this point has mar- been married three times. Mm-hmm. Two are dead and one is in seclusion somewhere or often maybe locked into the Tower of London. And he has three living children, two daughters and one son, Edward. Right. All right. So we have Mary, Elizabeth and Edward. Okay. I'm going to jump forward. Henry married his sixth and last wife. Wait, 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 wait. The other, the other, like two or three don't count. The other three were can't get you pregnant. Off with your See head. See ya. Yep, that's okay. it. Got it. All right. What do you? I I'm mean, wondering if maybe the common denominator <laughs> in not getting pregnant here might not be the ladies. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, medicine was too far advanced at this point, but I think it's very clear someone's someone's uh, virility is. <laughs> In, in question, question. yeah, uh-huh. to say the least. So the, let's, say, let's say we had three and then four and five. I don't know who they were, but they are <laughs> dead. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I need to. I need you to you pause look for a up? second. Yeah. All right. Go look it up. All right. So Jane Seymour. Yep. Anne of Cleves. Catherine Howard. Catherine Parr. We're jumping to Catherine Parr. Okay. I think that's it. I think we covered everybody. So, so that we're fully covered, who were the fourth and fifth wives of Henry VIII? I don't know which ones were the fourth and fifth, is what I'm telling Jane you. Jane Seymour. He was married to three Catherines? Yeah. Wow. They didn't have very many names then. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we addressed that on an earlier episode. Henry married 
his last, uh, the sixth wife, Catherine Parr, who made it her mission to bring the family back together again. You mean all the all the all kids? All the kids, yeah. Okay. Henry returned Mary and Elizabeth to the line of succession through something called the Act of Succession. All right. And placed them after Edward. So now he had a male heir and two female heirs, and he wanted to bring it back in. Why did they just do that in the first place? He probably got tired of killing, maybe at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Too much paperwork. Yeah, he got, like, he got tired of it. Uh, however, both uh, those daughters remained uh, legally illegitimate. They were still illegitimate daughters because the marriages were avoided, right? Mm-hmm. Henry VIII died. and Finally. Uh, yeah, finally. And Edward su- succeeded him as King of England. Okay, got it. How old was Edward at the time? Do you know? He was young. He was like a teenager. Okay. Yeah, he was a boy. Um, because of the act of succession, uh, the daughters, the other daughters were supposed to be uh, in line for sure. the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he decided, <laughs> Edward decided to name Lady Jane Grey, the granddaughter of Henry VIII's younger sister, Mary, as the successor in spite of the act. Uh, I think this was because... Um, he wanted to make sure Protestantism remained right. the rule of law in England. And uh, Mary and Elizabeth were both big Catholics. Catholics. Right. Got it. Um, Edward uh, died <laughs> from a lung infection not too long after that, <laughs> uh, or possibly tuberculosis. Really a hearty stock, yeah. those royals. And uh, Lady Jane, who is still very young, was proclaimed Queen of England on the same day that Mary sent a letter with orders for her proclamation as Edward's successor. So that letter to Parliament arrived the same day she was declaring a very awkward. So sidebar for a second. Yeah. So my grandmother's maiden last name was Gray. Uh And it's been said for several generations that we are descendants of lady jane gray oh for real yeah but i think basically somebody five generations ago could have made up a bullshit story and that's where that came from but huh. supposedly well that's interesting are you related to anybody famous no the closest would be on my dad's side my grandma grandma laura mm-hmm. my great-grandmother on that side her maiden name was De Bartolo. And do you know the Barrio De Bartolos? I do. Yeah. They're like a real estate real estate success story turned owners of the 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. yeah. They like bought they bought and built malls and then they bought the 49ers. That's funny. That's as close as I come to fame or famous historical people. Okay, anyway, moving on. Sorry. No, no worries. That story of Lady Jane Grey it's not going to be great. So hopefully what do you mean? it doesn't make you sad. Well, Jane was deposed. Oh, well, none of these stories end well. <laughs> no, she was deposed and imprisoned in the Tower of London. Until she was eaten by rats. <laughs> Mary rode triumphantly into London on a wave of popular support accompanied by her half-sister Elizabeth and a procession of over 800 nobles and gentlemen on the 1st of October... 1553, she was crowned the first queen regent as Mary, by grace of God, 
Queen of England, France, and Ireland, Defender of the Faith, and of the Church of England, and of Ireland on Earth's Supreme Head. (laughs) What a mouthful, huh? So that's the fucked up (laughs) story of the secession of... First of her name. Queen Mary, the first regent queen of of England. She's the first head of England state uh, that was queen. Yeah. All of the queens have been married to someone else. Yeah. Uh, that story's fucked up and it shows the value of human life at the time, mm. which is, seems to be not much at all. You know, when it comes to power, it's, human life is never really <laughs> yeah, I guess a so. priority. And also, like, if they had just had a divorce as an option or more easily annulment, a lot of people would have just been straight up murdered to get to get children. It's very fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. Um, the Tudors, that story of that family, have been in so many movies and TV shows and stuff. I haven't seen that many of them. No. I was thinking of that show, The Tudors. Did we ever watch that? No, we didn't. It looked just too... It looked like a soap opera. Jonathan Reese Mayers. Myers. Myers. I know, I remember seeing a little bit of it and being like, this is like some cheesy soap opera version of this. Yeah. Which probably works pretty well. We did watch Wolf Hall. Yeah, Wolf Hall was good. Um, Damien Lewis as Henry VIII in mm-hmm. that one. Which was a really weird casting in my opinion, but whatever, he's a great actor. Why do you think it's weird? Just the physicality of it. He's he's quite a thin man. Yeah, Henry VIII, as he's portrayed in the media, was a very handsome, uh, thinnish man early in his life. And then got fatter as he got older. Maybe I've just never seen the the young Henry. Yeah. But he always looked like more of like a Brian Blessed type. He eventually gets to that point. And even in that show, they put him in a fat suit, if you remember. Hmm. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like, I always thought of Henry VIII as being a very large man. Mm -hmm. But I guess he got to be that over time. And I guess his hair was reddish in real life. But Damien Lewis is like a hardcore redhead. Yeah. I like that actor a lot. Yeah, I do too. He's he's good. He was even good in that um, Showtime show with... Um, Homeland? Homeland. Yeah, he was great in that. That was, I think, the yeah. first thing I noticed him in. Yeah. He was great, and then when he left, I didn't like that show much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still watch it, but it's... Yeah, it was definitely better before. John Wait, I think you just spoiled something. By oh, jeez. Well, if you haven't watched that show that came out three years, four oh, years ago. longer than that. <laughs> Please, I'm sorry. I apologize. That show we like to call Jogging with Jazz because that's what she did <laughs> every episode. <laughs> Jogging with Jazz, the show. Famously, did you know that uh, Mary was also known as Bloody Mary? I did, although I don't really know the origin of that well mary as queen of england is best known for her attempts to reverse the reformation which is the separation of the church of england from the church of rome Mm -hmm. protestants versus catholics uh, which had begun during the reign of her father henry the eighth this was mostly just so he could have more wives like let's be let's be totally honest. Sure. I think there was also some deal where the priests could get married. Protestant priests could get married, but Catholic priests couldn't. Don't know. Something like that. The executions that marked her pursuit of the restoration of Roman Catholicism in England and Ireland was what led to her denunciation as Bloody Mary. Who was she executing? Protestants. 
Just in general? Well, mostly people who are leaders of the Protestant faith. I see. Yeah. Overall, uh, in total, 283 people were executed. Wow. And the majority of them by burning. Jeez. (laughs) I think when you need to make a a statement, burning someone alive. Burning them at the stake. Yeah. Really, really a way to do it. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, it just made it made it more difficult for Catholicism to be adopted in England, right? Because it's known as the religion that burns you to death. Well, sure. Yeah. And I think Protestantism is um, more adopted in England these days. Basically, civil wars of religion are the stupidest thing humans have created. Agreed. Totally agreed. Bloody Mary. Yeah. Randall, I know you love Bloody Marys. (laughs) By the way, this is not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Uh, yes, I do. I don't love burning people at the stake. Not so but, much. But I do love a, a savory, delicious drink. I love a savory cocktail. I, d- I am a fan of Bloody Marys themselves, but I think I like uh, Bloody Beers more than I like Bloody Marys. Also, you might like Clamato more than you might like a Bloody Mary mix. Yeah, I do like Clamato a lot. I really enjoy a savory drink. I don't I don't relate to that at all. This is something that like it doesn't even need to be a cocktail. It could be just a savory non-alcoholic. Basically, drink. you just want to drink broth. I like it. I like it a lot. What was the first savory drink you remember having or savory cocktail? Can we say like is the remnants of a bowl of ramen a cocktail? <laughs> is that a thing? So you're saying if you were given a bowl of milk that had had Lucky Charms in it yep. or a bowl of broth that had had ramen in it, you would be going for the ramen broth. That's a Sophie's choice. It really is. Really, <laughs> I don't want to make that decision. If you could have one finger yep. turn into a spigot uh-huh. that dispensed any beverage, mm-hmm. what would it be? What would that beverage be? It would be liquid gold that I then sold. <laughs> nope, have nope. to drink it. Yeah, it has to be a drinkable liquid. You uh, have to drink it. And okay, well, let, let me ask one preference. There's, an, it's a magic finger, mm-hmm. and an unlimited amount of any beverage can come out. Yes, it wouldn't be like my blood or anything, and no. like I had to die after. No, I, no. Okay. Um, it was basically just a gift from the gods to you. I, my first instinct is to say Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, my second instinct would probably be a strawberry margarita or something like that. I was like going to say strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> is that your choice? No, I, that's a little too acidic for me. Valerie's, what is, what is your magic finger? Mm, mine would I, probably... Oh, I know what it is. What is it? It would be a chocolate milkshake. Oh, that's a good one. But no, I think it would actually be iced coffee. Oh, would it be like maybe a frozen iced coffee, like a chocolate coffee milkshake? Sure. If my finger could handle that, I'd be down. In this magic finger scenario, I think any sort of liquid could be accommodated. Full disclosure, by the way, I think that I heard this theoretical question from another podcast. Oh, really? If so, I apologize. Um, If you are that podcast and you listen to our podcast, we apologize. I think that's you, my favorite murderer. If you have uh, an opinion on what drink would come out of your magic finger, 
please let us know. I'd love to hear it. I too would love to hear it. Would, in fact, I would like every single listener to weigh in on this. Yeah. If you have just a minute to ping us. Please just, just tweet at us. Or... HBWC podcast and just say chocolate milk. You know, don't even we'll know say what you're why. Talking about. We'll know what you're talking about. So everyone that downloads this, please tell us what your magic finger. Hashtag magic finger. Or if you don't participate in Twitter, it's uh, happy birthday. Who cares at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will tweet it for you. <laughs> uh, I love magic fingers and uh, that's the most, <laughs> that's the, my favorite thing we've done in this podcast to date. <laughs> yeah. I think that that pretty well wraps up this, uh, this episode. How long have we gone? Who cares? All right. Yeah. Well, great job. Thanks for figuring out how to tell me the story of the tutors. I appreciate you listening and i love you very much who me or them both oh all right bye Bye. find us on social media hbwc podcast on twitter and instagram and happy birthday who cares at gmail and if you have any comments or feedback or suggestions for the show let us know rant raves we don't care just talk to us meeting you where the view